The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. The Yankees exist. Let me tell you, Nick, I, two weeks ago, you were traveling. I was supposed to do a solo podcast. My wife was traveling, so I was going to do it at night. We lasted an hour into the week before I got a phone call that my kid had hand, foot, and mouth. (laughs) So I'm solo parenting. Like, it's chaos. I'm trying to, like, get a lot of stuff done to go on vacation last week, so I didn't do a pod. Then you were on your own last week. And then I was in I was in Beach Haven. I ran into what I would assume for you is the worst possible scenario. I'm in Beach Haven, so I'm in the New York market. My MLB TV does not work because I'm in the New York market. The house we rented did not have yes. Oh, no. I had no access to like, unless I was like at a bar or something, but I have kids, so I'm not at a bar a ton. No access. That is my worst nightmare. And that only happens to me once I have one friend that lives like a little bit north of Princeton. And when I go there and I bring my outdoor TV, like I can't, no MLB TV. They don't have cable. It's the same thing. And it, I'm like on Reddit. I'm doing the Reddit thing, which I don't know how people – We'll do Reddit like regularly. It is a shitty experience. There's pop ups. There's cartoon porn popping up. It's all watching. Yeah. Watching stream. Oh, my God. People like Like, do that regularly. I'm like, how? I didn't even try. Because it's just like, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, It sucks. It takes like 20 minutes to get the game on. Yeah, because you're clicking links and you're like, I don't know. Is my computer on fire or is it just not loading Buffer stream hyper stream? Yeah, it's all. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I do that for some wrestling pay-per-views for WWE ones. And it's a huge like I didn't do it last night. There was a pay-per-view because I just didn't want to go through it. Yeah, it's a helpless feeling. I think the only way out of that now that I, I think you could maybe do a free yes app trial for like seven days. If you're ah. on vacation, that 
that I, I think that's the only out. But yeah, it's, it's one of the frustrating. It's one of the most because it's annoying. You're like, I'm in market and it's harder because I'm in market like that. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, like I'm paying to see it. I can't because the guy who owns this place told us two TVs have basic cable. And I assume like they, there wasn't Comedy Central like he had the local news. Oh my, channel. So like ABC, NBC, Fox. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So okay. then I'm also, you know, I'm the tech whiz of my mm-hmm. wife's family. <laughs> So I'm logging in like I got to go to my in-laws room. I got to log in Netflix. Uh, yeah, I, I got Disney and Netflix in the media room. I put YouTube TV in the living room and and everyone's just like, how did all this? How did this television happen? And it's just like, what do you think I've been running around with remotes for? So you're a YouTube TV guy. You have YouTube TV. Yeah. Oh, but I guess when you log in, it still comes from the South Jersey market, man. When I log in, I'm still, uh, yeah. Wow, that's tough. That is tough. Yeah, that is a nightmare. So you didn't see any of the, you didn't see any of the Mariner games or the Ranger games? Nope. Okay. No, wait. Rangers was yesterday. Yeah. I was. Yeah. When? Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So I caught that. Okay. Yeah, it's just like, and but I'm following along, and it's. Nothing was happening that was making me be like, I really got to solve this problem in my life. Yeah. <laughs> it, I don't really know how to feel. I mean, on the one hand, we've been an absolute embarrassment since Judge went down. Offenses, they had the worst batting average in June. Stanton sucks. They all suck. But they did just somehow have a four and two week. And watch as somebody who did watch the games, I have no idea how because it was ugly baseball errors base running mistakes, all sorts of silly shit. They're not hitting. Pitching really carried them this week. Can the pitching carry them to a playoff spot is kind of what we're going to find out, I think. Yeah, I mean, the Rangers are a first-place team. So, like, it's nice to get the two games from them. Even when it's, like, we're getting these games because as long as we can rely on, like, Harrison Bader had a huge home run. He'll be injured by the end of the week. Yeah, probably. Like, I mean, it's a given. So... You know, the Mariners taking two or three from them is not really like that's light work. What we're supposed to do, those are the cupcakes, as you yes. call them. Yeah, the cupcakes. Yeah, no, it's and it's the frustrating part for me. The games aren't fun right now because there's really only one path to victory, and that's through a pitcher's duel. Like when Judge was here and we were healthy, we would win blowouts. We could win high scoring games, low scoring games, maybe win. Well, eight we to weren't three. really winning blowouts. It's been a problem all year. Yeah, we haven't been blowing teams out. But my point is right now with the offense, the only way we're going to win is three to one, four to two. And it's just yeah. kind of boring, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the the games. I didn't feel like I was missing a ton. No, no. Um, I was happy to see that Volpe's uh, batting average is creeping back towards 200. <laughs> um, I mean. Listen, if someone out there can dead serious look at this team and go, yeah, I definitely see game one of the World Series leading off Jake Bowers. <laughs> Billy McKinney in the two hole. Yeah, like, you know, I'm not trying to take away from Jake Bowers six home runs. <laughs> He's fucking God, you know, and his uh, what's he bat? His two twenty two batting average. But yeah. 
it's hard. There's a lot of blame. Like you can go, we, we could spend four hours talking about all the holes with this team and the issues. But to me, it starts and ends with Stan. Like, yes, you have other guys that are supposed to be doing better. Yes, you have other veterans, but Stan is supposed to be the alpha dog right now. He's the one making $30 million a year. He's the one with an MVP in his trophy case. And he's hitting 191 with a negative war. It's like, buddy, we, we need you to do something. He looks like a shot 200 hitting DH. It's depressing. He looks lost from, you know, everything I've seen for the last two weeks. He's batting 108. It's 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 almost like how can they even try to be this bad? Donaldson's at 120, like some of these batting averages. So I think the highlight of the last like really like two weeks for me has been something we talked about very early on in the season. What are Jake and John Boy going to do with Boone? And they have they've started giving it back to him. When you hit the point that Aaron Boone says to Jake, well, when you manage the team, you can make the decisions. You're fucking lost. Boone is lost when you're telling when you decided to voluntarily like this is not a well, when you're the manager of the Yankees, you have to do this. You voluntarily took like a million dollars. Or whatever it is, a hundred grand. I don't remember what the number. Yeah, is. I think it was like one hundred and fifty grand they gave him. Yeah, to go on there and answer questions from, and I'm not saying this to like undercut those guys anyway. From fucking blogger podcasters, eventually they're gonna ask you some questions. You're know, like, and once you are saying to, you've got if you're Boone, treat them like a reporter. And once you start telling the media, well, when you manage the team, you can make the decisions. You're fucking done. Uh, no, definitely. And Boone has such a long fuse, such a long fuse. So for him to get to that point, you know, he's pissed. And I listened to that. I, I wanted to specifically tune into that one. And, and Boone's trying to do the thing. Oh, swinging the bats, playing well recently. And I think it was Jake was like, well, we're getting picked off. There's catcher's interference. Like we're making errors. Like where are we actually playing well? Like you could see. And if those guys are, you know, drilling Boone like that, you know, it's bad. Guy, guys that are on a. Like the easiest thing for Boone to do is not take their money next year or any other Yankee manager ever to take their money and go back to the safety net of ESPN New York. Yeah. Yeah. Or the fan where they're just going to, you know, be happy, you know, to talk to you. We're all in the, you know, we're all in this inner circle. Yeah. Like that was the most illuminating thing when I had seen like, hey, these guys are pushing back a little bit. And it's really what. We've said all along just a follow up of like, and what's a single data point? Yes. Yeah, we're playing well. He was like, we're playing well. We're just not hitting. And it was right after the Red Sox series. And it's like, you guys aren't doing anything. Well, you just got swept at Fenway. It's embarrassing. And you know what really sticks out to me is I look and I tweeted about this, but like Marcelo Zuna on the Braves, he hit a ball that he thought was going to go out. It went off the wall. He just stood there, ended up getting a single. He got benched. Wander he Franco. Got benched two days. Two days, right? And Wander Franco, same thing on the race. Stud, Kevin Cash, he was pulling some shit, benched him. And it's like Glaber makes a base running error pretty, what, every other game? And the and Boone does nothing. Like, that's frustrating, man. It's like other managers are holding their players accountable for silly little league mistakes and concentration issues, and we're not. Like, that's what I'd be asking him. Yeah, I mean, it pretty much is, you know, like, what they're – like, where – there is no accountability on this team. Zero. And if – I mean, between Glaber misplaying balls, just like not being at second base when he's supposed to, 
no focus, running out, like just running ourselves out of innings. The upside, there is no like we've used the same method with Glaber Torres for seven years now. Like it feels like forever. It's really only been well, what twenty seventeen. Twenty eighteen was his first year in the majors. Oh, okay. So yeah, so five years of this. This doesn't work. Like this, you know, it, it's not like, hey, if we keep letting him fuck up, maybe he'll hit 36 home runs again. Like that's been the approach. So at some point, you're also doing him as a player, like as an athlete, a disservice. Right. By not coaching him up. In right. Any way. And there's a ball hit into right field. He's on second base. He doesn't even look. He, he just starts running to third. And then the, the third baseman for the for the Rangers had to tell him that he, he was out. Like he had, he legitimately had no idea. And the people that defend Glaber Glaber, Oh, cause he's, you know, he, they'll be like, he's the third best hitter in the lineup. He's a great hitter. He's a two fifty guy with maybe 20 homers. If you're going to be that much of a buffoon in the field and on the bases, you better be Manny Ramirez. Okay. You better be like an absolute force. And he's not, he's a two fifty, two fifty five guy with 20 to 23 homers who consistently makes mistakes on the base pass and in the field. And I think the frustration, like I pick on him a lot and I admit it, but that's because I thought I was getting Robbie Cano and I got Starlin Castro and I'm bitter about it. Yeah. No, I mean, that's you. You've said a million times that like, he's supposed to be Robin, Robbie Cano. And it's crazy to think like I did catch myself after one of his recent mistakes thinking like, it's crazy that this is the same guy that it was like, we'll give the Cubs the Cubs. It was huge and questionable if the Cubs could even give him up for a World Series. Yeah, he was the number one prospect in the entire sport. And all you heard like this is before seeing him play. But the, the big hype on him was the makeup, the baseball IQ, the slow clock, the maturity. And you don't really see any of that. On the field, if anything, it's the opposite. That's what's been so confounding for me. And, uh, you know, he comes up and he's compared to, again, Soto, Acuna. Like that was the group. He's being compared to these other MVPs, these forces, and he, and he just hasn't been. But it hasn't been all him. I mean, DJ, we're big DJ guys. Like I got to own it. He's been a complete train wreck yes. the entire year. He even admitted he's having like a look in the – he was like, oh, I have to look at my mechanics for my swing. I've never done that before. He's having like a midlife crisis. Like it's bad. He's 100 points lower. He's been 230. He's 100 points lower than what we expected. A 230 singles hitter. And then the the Donaldson saga. So let's let's just go through this in like a little timeline format. So it was either Wednesday or Thursday of last week where Cashman spoke to the media when things get really bad, you know, Cashman will speak. And he said he needs more runway. He needs consistent bats. There's more left in the tank. Then Boone proceeds to bench him for all three Rangers series. So it's like, which one is it? Does he, does he need more runway? If he needs more runway and more at bats, why isn't he playing to top it all off? Boone was late to his pregame presser on Sunday because he was talking with Donaldson. So oh, there a little bit, there were some rumblings that like, is there a deal? Like, is he gone? Yeah, I don't I don't know what's I don't know what's going on. If, if he needs more runway and he needs more bats, why? Why isn't he playing? Which is a tough one, because at the same time, like we don't want him playing. Right, right, right. Like, so it's not, you know, it's a weird thing to complain about. Like, how come you're not playing the, the bad player that we don't want? At the same time, it's just like I have I've said all along. 
aside from the fact that like I would like pushback from the media of like give me a single data point ever um that I always I understand when Boone says things like you know hey you know I I, I think guys about to turn around like you you have to say that yeah. for your guys but in reality when it's not happening and it's not turning around like you've got to make a move. Like we made the Hicks move. You released Hicks. Donaldson's not going to help us, right? We know Donaldson's not going to help us. Get rid of that fucking spot and get Peraza up. Hundred percent. It's such an easy. It's so logical. You have Peraza, Barry Bonzing it in AAA, and you have Donaldson taking him a spot. And I hate what bothers me is they always point to the defense with Donaldson. You could call up a guy, a Danny Hencheveria was a great defender. Those guys make eight hundred grand a year. You don't pay twenty five million dollars a year for an all glove, no bat third baseman like his glove. Yes, he's a good fielder. That does not justify the value. You, you pay for hitting. In the major leagues. That bothers me too. Like Boone always wants to bring up his defense. It's it's almost like who cares? The difference of his defense versus, you know, playing fucking DJ there every day. Yeah. Or IKF's a better def- – is just as yeah. good of a third baseman. IKF is the my favorite Yankee. <laughs> like easily. He's the hardest fun. thing about not having to is missing the IKF fucking pitching home run in it. <laughs> Move over, Otani. Yeah. No, he's been a, he's been a great sport. You, you got to think I either think they're going to they got to either play Donaldson for the next five or six games in a row or cut him. I, I don't I really don't know what the what the plan is there. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Is there a. Oh, we're you know, he goes back to Oakland and figures it out. Like, <laughs> you know, try to figure out what got you going young in your career. I don't know. I mean, because we're going, we're going there. We're going, we're going to Oakland. We're going to St. Louis. We're playing some bad baseball teams. We're playing some bad baseball teams, but I'm not one of these guys saying, "Oh, we should sweep." I, I'd be fine with two out of three for each. Like, I would sign up for a four and two week instantly. The Yankees never, no matter how bad Oakland is, they usually struggle at the Coliseum. Like, if you're somebody that's been watching the Yankees for a long time, like we have, they rarely play well out there. And last year in St. Louis, they got swept. So I'm not like going in banking, banking wins before we have them. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, this team, like, there's nothing. How this team's going to perform and doing it based on anything baseball related is like doing financial analysis of GameStop. Like, it's just going to happen. It's weird, though. No matter how ugly and shitty it looks, like, they're, they have a playoff spot right now. They're eight games over 500. I don't give this- a flying fuck. I don't give a fly. I hate everyone who goes, well, you know, if the playoffs started today, yeah, we get fucking swept in the fucking wild card. We'd season. be going to Camden Yards for three. We'd be going be to Camden Yards to get our dicks kicked in. Like that, like it's not a good team right now. Because guess what? If the season ends today, Aaron Judge ain't coming through that for those fucking doors. You're right. No, you're right. It's funny too. Like you're going. I know you already have your hotel booked for Camden Yards. I'm sure, you know, opening day, you were thinking like, ah, oh, it'll be a breeze, you know, a com- couple of easy wins. I'll watch Judge hit a couple bombs. Now the Orioles are better than us. Judge might not even be back by then. Like that could be an ugly, that could be an ugly weekend in Baltimore. Dude. I mean, you know, you go other places as a Yankee fan, you wear Yankees gear. People say shit to you. 
it's not like now I'm a grown man. Like my hair is white, so I'm not getting like a lot of shit talking really. But you do get the like, you know, you go up to a bar to order a drink and someone's like, I think you're in the wrong part of town or something like that. And you can go back and say like, well, you guys stink. And I don't even have that. All I've got over Baltimore is that Kevin Costner fucked Cal Ripken's (laughs) wife and the streak is fake. That is 100 percent true. And Cal Ripken was nowhere near as cool or as good as the captain. That's neither here nor there. And you can't even blame Baltimore fans. Like if I lived there and I was a diehard Orioles fan and I saw a bunch of punks like us consistently go in and take over their stadium and start. Let's go Yankee chance like there. I won't. I'll be in Saratoga that weekend, but they're going to be ready to give it to you, man. That game's going to be sold out. There's going to be more Oriole fans than usual. So I hope I hope you rep us well. But let's. Let's pivot to Judge. So let's go all the way back. The last time we talked was right after the Dodger series. We didn't have a diagnosis. And I was kind of positive. And I said, Dr. David Chow, the pro football doc, he by, based on the video, the toe was not broken. And I actually was right. And so was he. The toe wasn't broken. Problem was, <laughs> is there's a torn ligament. Um, they didn't say that he had a torn ligament until yesterday. They were very tight-lipped about this very weird situation he still has pain when he's walking he insists on standing up in the dugout for the entire game which can't be good for it and he refuses to wear a walking boot because it's quote-unquote uncomfortable i don't know august 1st august 15th like i have no idea what what this is going to be the walking boot is now judges won't get it in the MRI. Maybe. Yes, yes, yes. Why do these guys even have a say? Isn't that in the contract somewhere? Like you have to. But what are we talking about? We're talking about Aaron Judge is not taking medical advice. Where have we heard that in the past since 2020? Remember, we didn't know if he was going to be able to play last year. Yeah, no, it's he's it's, got his crew. His crew tells him what's good. I don't know. I don't get the the standing up thing. Like maybe it has no effect. Maybe he's sta- putting all his weight on that other leg, and I can't see it from the it yes camera. Help. It can't help. Exactly. Sit. It's sit not, down. If you tell me it's not hurting him more, maybe. But you can't tell me it's helping the healing process. And again, like he made a baseball play, right? He went out there, fucking competitor, made a huge play in a game that maybe won't matter. Um, and like also Los Angeles, I don't clean it up, get rid of that fucking concrete at the bottom. Um, but I saw like Carabas had tweeted, like, don't call him injury prone. His injuries have been getting hit by a pitch, diving, running into the wall, making baseball, which I agree. But you can't say a guy's not injury prone because of how he gets injured. Yeah. And also, as I said, maybe giving a guy who is six foot eight, 290 pounds, 40 million dollars a year for nine years isn't going to work out. And we're in year one. Yeah, this is supposed to be the fun part. This is supposed to be the good part of the roller coaster. We're in year one and the smallest part of his big body is hurt and has to hold the rest of the body up. It's literally the worst case scenario when you think of the construction of a body of what could be hurt. No, it is. Other than like something season ending like Tommy John or a torn ACL, this is the worst case scenario. And of course, it's even Tommy the worst John, part. Of the- DH. Bryce yeah. did it. 
No, you're right. And the worst part is it's not even the good foot. Like if it was the front foot, he could probably come back sooner. But this is the back foot when he hits. So it has all 290 pounds of weight on it. It's tough. Like you said, he was he made a great play on a Saturday night in L.A. We were all rooting for him to make the catch. But, yeah, no, he's he's missing. He's missing time again. And it's like, of course, last year was the year that he was completely healthy. You know, he got the nine years If this. This injury happened last year. We probably save one hundred and fifty million. Like everything is just turned out poorly. You couldn't script this any worse the way this unfolded. Could you imagine if that injury had happened last year, it was just same timeline last yeah. year, and we're headed into 4th of July, and he hasn't played in weeks. Yeah. I mean, we're maybe talking $30 million a year. Maybe. It, it, yeah. Everything everything broke poorly. Everything broke poorly for us. And I and obviously the Dodger Stadium concrete sucks. And and you're right. Like the bottom line is he's not out there. And I, I, I agree with you, too. And I agree with Carabas, like getting hit on the wrist. It's not your fault. I didn't think this was his fault, but he's not out there helping the team. And that hurts regardless yeah, of how it happened. It's more of like I'm not blaming him. I'm blaming the people. Yes. Brian Cashman, who tied up the next decade. On this guy. It's a good transition because let's go into that and let's go into Cashman a little bit. You're seeing like judge masks so many of their flaws when he's playing. This is a poorly constructed team. They don't have enough lefty bats. They're not athletic enough, not good defensively enough, et cetera. And then when he's out and they play poorly, then they just use this excuse of, oh, well, judge isn't here. Like, no, this is a flawed roster. Like DJ shouldn't be hitting 230 because judge isn't here. Stanton shouldn't be hitting 190 just because judge isn't here. Like, I hate that excuse that, oh, when everybody falls apart, it's just because judge isn't here. Like, that's bullshit. Judge isn't standing at third base telling Glaber to not watch the fly ball for right. a second. He's not out there swinging and missing at everything. Um, he didn't build this roster, which I, another thing I liked, uh, Jake and John boy is they did say like, I don't know, aren't Jake Bowers and Willie Calhoun, the same guy left-handed outfielders. Like, like, yes. Yeah. Same. Why don't we have Florio? I agreed with that. Yes. Yeah. Like we, we've got the same, there is nothing being like, we are backs against the wall with no, like no obvious like outs. And we're doing nothing to try to find one. Like, I don't know. Maybe Cashman is burning up the phones. But doubtful. Yeah, I I mean, I think it I do think it's a little too early to burn up the phones. Also, man, like everybody's saying, oh, the deadline, the deadline, the time to add talent was the winter when everybody was free agents. So you could just sign them for money. Like what 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 deadline moves last year? We gave away half of our farm system for Montas and Benintendi, who both did absolutely nothing. The year before we sold our farm for Gallo, who did nothing like what what confidence do people like? Why do people think the deadline is going to bring us all these these great rewards? The time to add was the winter. And they didn't add any bats, and they subtracted Carpenter and Benintendi. <laughs> well, so, like, I do agree that the, um, you know, the, the time to add is obviously in the offseason for this year. It's when we could have got the most out of Glaber. Um, but at the same time, we clearly need to do something. Let's set the market. Let's not wait till the deadline. Because that's what happens every year. We wait, and it's like, Let's refresh in that last 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. We have no prospects to really trade that like that we're willing to trade no. in any way because we've emptied the farm system, like you said. 
And then it just becomes like, well, we're also hoping someone's desperate to sell while we're desperate to buy. It just doesn't like go out, set them or you have like you were able to move on from Hicks. Let's move on from Donaldson, call up Peraza and let's fucking see what we have. But I don't think anyone sees us down down one with a runner on in game seven of the world series. And Josh Donaldson's fucking hitting a home run. He's no, he's no. hitting into a ground ball, double play. The irony of it is too, if Cashman saying, Oh, Donaldson needs runway. Peraza is the one that needs runway. Peraza is the one that hasn't gotten more than a week, week or two at a time. And they did the same thing with Andujar. They did the same thing with Frazier jerking these guys around, calling them up, sending them down, not giving them consistent playing time. And they whittle down their value to it's literally zero. And then you end up cutting Frazier and dumping and Duhar and getting nothing like I have zero confidence that they're going to handle Peraza right because they've screwed up pretty much every prospect except for judge. Yeah, and that's because judge. Like I to a certain extent, like the judge is a freak. It wasn't them. He's a freak. Yeah, like that, I don't think they didn't do anything. No, you know, it's not like, yeah, they didn't fuck it up somehow. And like, all they, all you need for the Yankees to not fuck it up is to just be 6'8", 290 pounds. And have perfect game. Yeah, no, it's really just him and Cano in terms of position players that they've developed the last 20 years. I did want to address, so Hal, Hal went on the fan or somewhere, ESPN, and said you know, he's not sure why the fans are confused and he used the the injured players as the excuse. And my issue is you you can't assemble a team solely of injured players and then act surprised. When they get injured, like Rodon, perfect example. Rodon was clearly, I wanted him, but he clearly has had a lot of injuries. They added him. Stanton, injury prone, they added him. You go down the list. I just think that, like, that built-in excuse of the injury prone thing, I think, is bullshit. Yeah, it's every year. It's like, oh, how can the same thing have happened every year? <laughs> Who would have seen it coming? And, you know, it's crazy that it happened as the players are also getting older. Right, right, right. Like the youth movement, you know, I think a lot of people forget how long it's been like. These are not the baby bombers. No, they're definitely on the older. I would bet their median age or mean age is on the older half of all teams. I would think. I mean, Volpe probably brings it down a little. But DJ's what, 34. Donaldson's 37. Stanton's 33. Judge is 31. Rizzo's 33. Well, as of last year, the Yankees were the number two oldest team. Okay. Only behind the Mets by a half a year. And the Mets have all their pit starting pitchers are over 40. Yeah, no, it's – they got old They got old in a hurry. Remember when it was like Sanchez was 23 and Judge was 25 and Glaber was 21? Man, they got old quick. Oh, the Yankees are only 29.6. The Mets are 31.2, so they are – Wow, they're really old. We're the seventh oldest team in baseball. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to see. It's tough to watch. It's tough to get excited for games because, you know, if you're also, like, looking around the league, you're seeing, you know, guys in Miami hitting 400. Yeah, right. You know, we're seeing with De La Cruz, like, come up and hit for the cycle. And we've just got – we've got nothing. Nothing. And to be honest, man, the Orioles scare. Like I, I used to be one of those guys that was kind of almost in denial about the Orioles. Like, oh, they'll come back to earth. They'll come back to earth. I don't think they're coming back down to earth. I think this is like a 90, 95 win team. And that 
That scares me. And they're just calling up another guy. They're calling up their top prospect. They just yeah, keep no. calling up their top prospects. The tanking worked. We have four games of that next week. So I know I don't want to gloss over this week, but next week we have four games at home against them, which are going to be massive. And again, another huge divisional series that we won't have one of judge or Stan like that. I just feel like they keep missing the most, the biggest series. And then judge will come back against the nationals. Like it's just, it, it's they're They're missing time, but I feel like they're also missing the, the games that they can't afford to miss. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. How insane of an idea is this? Okay. So I have a three and a half year old, right? Yeah. On the third, which is the first game of that series. Yep. I'm reading Green Eggs and Ham to her class at three o'clock. Okay. Like I'm going in now. COVID's like died down a little bit. I, you know, we can go in. I'm doing that. Fourth of July, I'm off. I also took off the fifth. Yep. I'm thinking about cool dad in it and just saying like when, when I'm done reading the book. Do you want to go to the Yankee game? And just throw her in the car and try to get her to take a nap on the way up there and just cool dad, maybe six innings of a seven o'clock game on a Monday night. Dude, I think that would be awesome. And let me tell you why. When I was in fifth grade, I remember vividly, it was a hot May day. I'm sitting in the last uh, math class, probably like, I don't know, two o'clock, three o'clock school, elementary school, I had no AC. I'm sweating. You know, I run hot, miserable. <laughs> Sitting in class and all of a sudden the, the classroom door opens and my dad is just standing there in a Mariano jersey and a hat. And he's like, you know, we're leaving. We're going to Camden Yards, like in front of my teacher. And I just remember getting up and it was probably one of the happiest I've ever been. It might be might be my number one childhood memory, honestly. And I felt like the coolest kid in the entire school. Like, see you guys. Have fun in math. I'm going to the Yankee game. I plan on doing that with all of my kids, and I definitely think you should do that on Monday. I do wonder, like, is preschool like that's not preschool during the summer? It's not really like that memorable, but like, I don't know. I'm trying to just look. You at, should like, definitely do that, man. Like, that's I'm what in, kids remember. I'm in New York tomorrow. We're in Oakland. Like, I'm in New York for a couple of days. We're in Oakland. Damn. I do have to go at the end of July, and it's the Subway Series. And I'm thinking about I'm going for like a work thing. And I'm thinking about just saying, like, hey, I'm just going to skip the dinner the first night. Like, I just I'll talk to you guys in the yeah. car. That sucks about the work trips is when you have to go like nine to six. And then it's like, and then dinner. It's like an 18 hour day. It just gets. It's become yeah. Brutal. 
And then also I thought about just doing the fifth, but it's a one o'clock game on the fourth, seven o'clock on the fifth. So it's not even like, cause I was off. So I was like, I'll just go up and go if it's a one o'clock game, but it's not. Dude, you should do the Monday. You should do the Monday night game. That'll be fun. Like a little fourth of July kickoff. Yeah. yeah cause kind of like she'll also sleep the whole car ride back. So just be like, normally she goes to bed at like on the early side, it's seven. On the late side, it's like 8.30. But, like, if we let her stay up, like, she'll stay up. And she'll just go to sleep in the car. Like, I'll put her in pajamas and a pull-up so she doesn't, you know, have an accident in the car. She'll just wake up in bed. Get to the stadium and give her a Mountain Dew or a Coke, something with some caffeine in it. Yeah, right? You're drinking <laughs> fucking coffee? <laughs> fucking cool dad. No, you should, you should definitely do that. I mean, the game probably won't be that that great but you should you should do that night games in the summer once it gets to like this time of the year i'm almost like done with day game like those one o'clock games are tough in the summer man it's hot yeah they are they are but i am like a, a little bit of i'll just take whatever i can get in terms of going to games yes no, i get that i get that you know like i waited so long to go to a game i went to the game memorial day weekend and it is like you know, I came out of rehab and I did a key bump and now like I need to go back. Like, I yeah, need, right. No, I'm with you, too. I, I was like looking at the schedules like I haven't been since Memorial Day, although I will say the motivation to go without judge is severely, severely lessened. Yeah, yeah. Like it's tough. You know, even I did that game where like I drove up, I had a couple beers before the game, didn't drink during the game, drove home. All You know, that's not the most fun. Uh Adding my kid to the mix, though, I think would. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm not even going to mention it to my wife. She'll just listen to this podcast tomorrow and she'll either she'll come in my office and say it's a good idea or okay. not. Yeah. Live, get the suspense. You won't say anything tonight. You know, have it have it a little be a little suspenseful and wake up tomorrow. Want to want to do some positive stuff. We complain a lot. Clark Schmidt had a six point eight four ERA in April, three point five two in May. And he has a 2.53 for June. I wrote him off for dead. It turns out he might actually be a decent pitcher. So I have to own that. He has been a nice little bright spot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. In the last 30 days, he's got a two ERA. There we go. I would like to see that. You know, I, I'm not going to get caught up in a good Aaron Hicks month. Okay. You know, like. He stunk for a really long time. Yeah, no, he had this good month. Like, yeah, he was awful till like May twelfth, May fourteenth, and then he kind of he's been picking it up since then. Rodon rotation, hey, four shutout innings in Somerset on Sunday. He'll be back on the fifth. Is that all right? So one more. All right, so he pitched Sunday, so he'll rehab again. What Friday? I got. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I guess. I'd seen somewhere on Twitter that he's slated to come back on the fifth against the Orioles. Okay. All right. I like that. Let's see what let's see. Although, look, he threw you know how I am about rehab assignments. He threw forty eight pitches in Somerset. I'd bring him up and throw sixty five. Yeah, let him throw seventy. Yeah. But and he was good, you know, strikeouts. I I thought about I thought about going there to see it because it's only like forty five ish minutes from my house, but it raining all weekend. And I, I kind of bagged that, but that would be, that would be a big boost. If you can get him back Nestor, I think he's playing catch, but he won't be back till after the break. Yeah. Well, it was only going to be two starts. So yeah, 
I do find it on the Rodon thing. I do love when major leaguers go do their rehabs and it's like silly jersey night. Like they were the churros. Like yeah, what was he? Of, it was like an orange jersey. Yeah, he looked yeah. so goofy with a mustache. It's like, they oh, were like God. the Somerset churros for for whatever game. Because there was that Jeter in the like American flag at Trenton. Oh, at Trenton. Yes, yes, yes. That was silly. Like yeah. that's a fun one. Where you at with Volpe? Like, you think he's going to turn it around, bust? Not I sure I think he's going to turn it. I mean, he is. He's getting closer to 200. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a young kid where he he's playing good defense. He's got 10 home runs. He's stolen 15 bases. Like, if he can get that batting average up to, like, 240, you know, by the end of the year. It's not a terrible season. Like, he's not going to be the rookie of the year. Uh, he's not going to be top three. But if he can, like, I'm not saying that, like, I've given up. I haven't fully given up on this team. But, like, it doesn't look great. So I do start to think of, like, well, how can he salvage the second half? You know, if he's a 200 hitter in the first half, can he be a 300 hitter in the second half or a high 290s in the second half to set himself up to – be you know productive going forward uh, yeah i'm really not sure to me he has like that luke voigt syndrome where he just takes the same swing on every single pitch no matter whether it's 3-0-0-2-1-2 he doesn't have that approach where you see like rizzo is the guy i compare it to because rizzo pretty much changes his grip and his stance and his approach on every pitch like rizzo's 2-0 swing is completely different than his one and two swing volpe is doing the luke voigt just swinging out of his shoes on every single pitch. I think that's kind of like a maturity thing, but I'm wondering why, like how has nobody addressed that with him? I just don't think like once you get in season and it's early in a guy's rookie season, there's like much time to do it. Like that's why I kind of hoping like the all-star break, he can get a, a day or two away. Cause he did make that one adjustment eating chicken parm at his mom's house with Austin Wells, which I do. I do love that. So, so bizarre. Austin Wells, he's, He's like 24, 25. When are we going to feel like he's been in double A since he got here? He's he went to college. He's not that young. All, all I heard was he was this incredible hitter. Twenty five might be a stretch. He's battled he? a lot of injuries. He is. Oh, he's going to be 24 next week. He's not like this young kid. Like, I feel like he wasn't supposed to have it's this long of a uh, trek to the majors. Yeah, I think, you know, if you. Look at it. He played 100 games in 2021, but then he he played only 92 in 2022, and he got an up to double A for 55 of them. But he had to. I think he started the season hurt because he's got five games in a uh, a ball this year. Yeah, and like, it's not like he's not killing it. He's in nah. five. It's which is frustrating because all we heard was, yeah, he's not going to be able to be a catcher, but the bat is very mature. The bat should be ready soon. Yeah. So, but he, and he's still catching. Yeah. Still catching. And then you got, you got Trey Sweeney down there, a couple guys, but it, yeah, I don't think we're going to, I don't think we're going to see Wells. It would be nice, but like you said, do something offensively, whether that's Peraza, like the lineup clearly needs a little infusion of juice. I mean, like for Wells, I'd love to see him get to like actually compete next year. Yeah. Even if it's t 
to like take Higgy's spot, or I don't know if we even like if Trevino is a free agent. Um, word vet look, word vet looked okay when he was up to be. I, I kind of liked him for the ten days that he was up. But again, it's ten days. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Romine used to do that all the time. He'd come up for. 10, 11 days and have a great spurt. People, he should be the starter. And then once he went any longer than that, he would fizzle out. Then you just get a huge contract in Pittsburgh. That's yeah. cool. You're just the Yankees backup. And yeah, yeah, I mean, Trevino, we've got under control till 2026. He's kind of been, I mean, I know last year he kind of overachieved, but he's really, Trevino's really came, came back down to earth offensively. It's like you almost never see him get a hit. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it's, everyone's under point. No one, in this lineup is batting 300 anymore. Is anybody hitting 280? Rizzo was Rizzo was killing it, and then Rizzo went on like a four for 55. Rizzo's batting 270. He's our Judge highest. Judge is 291. Bader 255. I mean, it's bad. I mean, Billy McKinney's batting 302 in 53 at bat. He's got a 950 OPS. But Put like, I don't Billy like, McKinney I don't want to rely on these guys, man. Like we talk about, it, like I want to see the A, I want to see the A team. Bader, and it's funny. I saw yesterday because Bader had the go-ahead double. Everyone's like, "Oh, look, we're all the Bader haters." Like, guy, the guys played 45 out of about 140, 150 games. Like, come on, man. Yeah, you like. I don't know. I'm quickly like scrolling through a, a Wells article. Okay. And um. I guess it's just like his defensive abilities. Yeah, it's I guess. And the two I mean, but again, if he was hitting 320 down there, be a different story. His his age kind of worries me. Like if you're 24 and you're not dominating in double A and you're a bat first prospect, like that's that's not great. Yeah, but like like also if they moved him up to triple A and he was just splitting duties with uh Roardvent or however the fuck you say his yeah. name. Like maybe he could mentor him some. I don't know. But like, are we just gonna give this guy a first basement? Like yeah. is that the end result? <laughs> because like that's also the end result for Judge and maybe the end result for Stanton and <laughs> DJ. Like it's just a team of redundance. It is. It is. They're all yeah, they're all gonna get old and, and get slow. Yeah, no, that is that does look like a path. For a lot of those guys, DJ's already kind of doing it. Stan, I cannot picture playing first. I don't think he has like the reaction time. No, yeah, I think no, Stan's no, gonna be a DH. No, he's it, to a certain extent. It's funny because I look like me and he looks like him, but he's just not athletic enough. No, he's 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 really not. And he was the weird thing is Stanton was athletic as a Marlin. Like if you go back to some of his yeah. highlights, he used to make running catches. Like he was pretty fast. I don't know what happened when he got here. Now he's this brittle guy that gets injured all the time like he was like a durable athletic player earlier in his career he was a three sports star athlete in high school so. yeah have you i maybe we've talked about this uh jimmy tatro tatro is that frat guy yeah like yeah frat yeah guy actor or whatever yes yes he i think he was a freshman when stanton was a senior or like a junior wow whatever, okay yeah in high school sense. and stanton transferred in and he said so like you know school there's this fucking guy who's he's a monster right like in high school he's a monster goes out it's football season and he is just catching everything going over everyone one hand just like this guy's going to the nfl 
right? Then basketball season comes. And he's just fucking throwing down on everybody. And they're just like, holy shit, this guy go to the NFL. And then someone's like, on top of all that, that those aren't even his sports. He's a baseball guy. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it's the the biggest issue with this team is just redundancy. We came into the season with a million middle infielders. We have everybody is on this roster is trending towards only being able to be a first baseman. We have Jake Bowers and Willie Calhoun, who are the same guy. Um, we have a billion, a billion players who are always injured. And what do we do? Give them more money. Like, it's just the same thing again and again. And that's what's infuriating. Like, we want the Yankees to win. We want them to perform well. I want Brian Cashman to be the best general manager in the history of the game. We're just not seeing any of the steps to do that. And it, at a certain point becomes misleading because we get judged. There's room for more. We get Rodon. We're not done. But we're the dumb fucks as fans. A Sunday at the end of June for a third place Yankees team was a sellout. All right, I'm glad you brought that up because it, I, I've been seeing that, you know, on Twitter, like, oh, the only way to do this to make change, inspire change, to not go to games, like, man, for some of us, like going to Yankee games, it's like it's in our blood, man. That's what I look forward to in the winter all year. It's a big, it's a big part of my life. There's a certain aspect of like family tradition to it. Like, I'm not gonna not. I don't like the idea of oh, it's my fault because I'm going to games. Like that is the most bullshit gaslighting tactic I've ever heard from people that just don't feel like going or whatever for whatever reason. Yeah, and I'm not saying like oh, people shouldn't shouldn't go, but it's just like nothing's going to change because we're gonna keep going because it's the coolest place to go. No, you're right. <laughs> like you got that right. It's a sell like if the fans. I mean, it doesn't really matter. What if we just all didn't show up for one game? We'd be there the next day. Nothing would change. Look, the athletics tried to do like a reverse. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, but it's not going to change anything. They're still going to leave Oakland. Let's check. Are we are we first in attendance? We're third. We're number one in the AL. Dodgers are one. St. Louis two. And we're three. We average. And St. Louis fucking sucks. Yeah, well, we've drawn more than them, but okay. they've had, Yeah, we average just under 41,000. Which, when you factor in, you know, a Tuesday game against the Royals and some of those weekday matinees, like that's really good. I, the Red Sox series, they had forty six thousand all three. Yeah, yeah, with no problem at all. But you know, we are. It, it is. That's part of the part of the game, though. And and P, and I also see people complain like, oh, there's too many college kids, or there's too many this, or like complaining about the type of people. I just I want the place full. I like yeah, I don't a full house. There. I don't care who's there. Yeah. Aaron Hicks has three stolen bases and four home runs for the Orioles. He could go 30-30. Yeah, do you think – all right, so is that our hitting coaches or is that, hey, no more pressure on him, he can just relax, or like a combination? I think a combination. I think yeah. we have clearly not shown an ability to improve on a slumping hitter at all in the last 10 years. Like, I can't think of one example. Like, the best recent example, uh, it's very recent, so there's a recency bias, is our star shortstop eating chicken parm at his mom's house with our double-A catcher and figuring out adjusting his stance. Yeah, no, that that was depressing. And did you see they, 
I think in between Red Sox doubleheaders, they sent the hitting coach out for an interview. Lawson and he's giving these clown answers like what why why did they do, why did they put him in front of a mic who knows what's going on over there I don't understand any of the decisions <laughs> but yeah no I think also when yeah you go down the Camden Yards it's a young team they're having fun coming in as a veteran you don't have to worry about the pinstripes anymore you've you're guaranteed to make the rest of your what you know 10 million dollars yeah. this year must you be got, such a weight lifted you got $10 million the next two years. You got a million dollars coming after that. So you've got another $21 million coming your way after this year. And at the end of like this season, like you're a free agent. Yeah. Wow. It, it, that so must like, be very freeing. Yeah. You go out there, you put up like Hicks would probably love the season to end today with his 292 batting average, go out there. And get, you know, and pick where he wants to play because he's already going to make the money. Right. So who's the best team next year? You can pay me the major league minimum. And you know he's going to hit a huge three-run homer at Yankee Stadium next week at some point. Yeah. And my that's, kid's going to catch it. <laughs> that's the lock of the century. Do you think it's – it's all right, so like Hicks goes from playing in front of 40,000 every night to whatever the Orioles draw, 20, 25,000. Do you think that as a ball player, somebody that's actually stepping in the box, do you think that's like a lot less pressure? Or do you think an MLB stadium is an MLB stadium? And or do you think he can tell the difference between 40,000 and 25,000 and like that affects performance? I think it like, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a little more laid back. I think it's a lot more laid back. And you're also not being booed like he was. He's been being booed yeah. for like a year at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like a year of getting booed at Yankee Stadium because like, I don't give a fuck where you grew up. Southern California, everyone wants to – unless you're fucking born in Southie, everybody wants to wear the pinstripes. You play baseball for the opportunity just to do it once, you know? Um, Like I'm blanking on his name. Tulowitzki. Like, yeah, like Tulo got to do it. Um, Who was the guy last year? Carpenter? Yeah. Like, you know, hey, it's cool to do. You get to feel that. Imagine that play. Like, unless and like now, Matt Carpenter's obviously won a World Series, so he's been in very electric environments. But for a lot of guys, they go their whole career without that behind them ever for one game. You get to play in the pinstripes. You want to. You want to stay there. You you want those people to like you. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of juice and and look, we are we are hard, but you do get the ultimate you do get the ultimate reward. I mean, no no place I don't care what the Phillies or the Cardinals say, no place rocks like Yankee Stadium during the playoffs. It just doesn't. I'm not even talking about I'm just talking on like a Friday night Yankees Red Sox. Oh, yeah. You'd rather be wearing the pinstripes than the road grays. Oh, no, hundred percent. Hundred percent, man. What do you think? Four and two this week? I mean, we've got to. You got to at a minimum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because like after that, like it's not gonna get it's not gonna get easier. And yeah, I know you're on the road, West Coast, you know, whatever. You, we don't even get the story of like you know, Judge grew up near here. Like <laughs> oh, I mean, right, right. like, but you know, when you go and you're gonna play the Orioles, who are five games better than us right now, um. And then after that, I mean, they're under 500, but the Cubs are only three games out of first place in their division. So, like, they're playing for something. Marcus Stroman's playing back at home. Like, oh, he's going to he's going to wall us. He always pitches well against us. He hates the Yankees. And so then you're, you know, 
And then you go into the all-star break. Is judge so I think they come out of the break in Colorado on the thirteenth. Yeah. Is judge is judge suiting up that night on the fourteenth? No, dude, he's got a torn fucking ligament in his toe. He's not. That'll be maybe six, seven, seven weeks post injury. You think no? So what do you what do you actually think? Like if I put a gun to your head of when he's gonna? I work? think it's like in August first. Okay. So it's like around the deadline, a in month. The Dodgers game. So it's one week, two weeks, three weeks. So it's only been three weeks. It feels like forever. Yeah, you're right. The Colorado series would be, I think, six, would be week six if he. Yeah. Damn, man, this is this is brutal. It is. But that's what happens when you give a starting pitcher and a right fielder more than the Rays' entire roster. <laughs> you think the Rays are cheating? Their road and home splits are like batting averages are insane. I haven't looked at, into that at like, all. Like, there's a lot. I think one of the WFAN um, guys started. It might have been Carton or Evan Roberts, like, last month or so. But their their numbers, it's like 2017 Houston-type stuff with their numbers at home versus the road. Huh. I did not. And they play in a dome, which I think – I don't – I have no evidence for this, but I feel like those dome teams are a little bit sneakier and it's easier to cheat. Let's see. 264 at home. They're hitting they're hitting three points higher at home. Yeah. It's got I mean, the OPS is um I don't know, 40 points higher, but like everybody okay. all right. I knew it was something. So the everybody's drops on higher. the road. All right. Same. Yeah, no, I don't think they're cheating. All right. I was kind of hoping that I think they just have like a culture of trying to win and accountability. You know, imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't have much. Obviously, Boone, it's like he sucks, but he's he's not the problem. Like, it's easy for us to complain about Boone and he's a terrible messenger and he's a terrible PR guy. But like he is a symptom of the bigger problem, which is Cashman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all Roy. Yeah. You got to blame the guy who hired the guy who can't do the job. Well, I bet Aaron Boone would be a phenomenal bench coach. Position yeah. coach. Yeah. Maybe a hitting coach. Or managing a different team. But we built a team that is so limited in flexibility that every like every decision is crucial and it's tough because of all the redundancies. And at a certain point, like it just can't be badly like every time it's the wrong decision. Yeah, no, it's it's been hard to watch and it's also like stop telling me how great everything is when it sucks like i there, there's there's positivity and then there's just stupidity you know, like there's a line and i i just think he's gone so far over that line and look this isn't gonna affect the play on the field but like if it, you know if we lose 10 to 1 don't tell me that, that we had great at bats and we're seeing the ball well it's just like it's okay to say we're not getting it done it's like he's afraid to he's afraid to admit any imperfections it's very bizarre yeah, like, and I get, I saw the thing out there. Well, if you look at since Donaldson's been back, like he's got a twenty percent hard hit ball ratio. They're just going at people. Well, the job's to not hit it at people. <laughs> the job's to not hit it hard. The job is to hit it where they ain't. And Jeter, I mean, perfectly. I don't think we were even tracking this back then, but Jeter didn't have the highest exit velocity. He wasn't like blowing up the radar. He knew where to, you know, ball placement and approach and all that stuff. And DJ used to be good at that. We really struggled with it. I mean, they used to say the same thing about Sanchez. He had a high, 
hard hit ball rate. He hit every ball rate at the third baseman. Like at some point, it's not helping me. Yeah, no, it's just it is um it is tough to uh, to watch, but you know it's six fifteen right now. We've got the day off today. Otherwise, I'd be sitting there at, at seven o'clock. Yeah, no, we would. And when, uh, we got a nice little four or three three forty start on Thursday. That's kind of kind of like that. Yeah, wrap. I mean, I don't know. I'm like kind of self-imposed summer Fridays, so I'm not uh, pushing too hard on Fridays. So it's nice to have that. You gonna watch Tuesday? You gonna watch uh, Tuesday, Wednesday? Nine thirty-seven starts. Couple those innings. Are gonna be, those are gonna be tough. Couple yeah. innings, but that's gonna be a tough one. The and especially the Coliseum with with the drum banging and the aesthetics suck. It's it's dark. It's just like a tough. It's a tough watch watching them play in Oakland. Yeah, it's just it's not fun. It's not fun at all. Like it's not like oh well, hey, we're gonna watch these guys kick. It's like, am I gonna watch the worst team in baseball possibly take two or three from my team <laughs> while some guy bangs a fucking drum for nine innings? Oh, I, I can't believe you're even like you can't bring a drum into Yankee Stadium. I can't believe they even allow it. I think they'll let you do anything there <laughs> just to get in. <laughs> you bring a gun. Yeah. You probably can't. I don't know, man. I think that's all we got. Yep. These guys stink. But, hey, <laughs> if the playoffs started today, we'd get to lose extra games. Follow Nick on Twitter at NKirbyNYY. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Um, I don't know. Maybe if you're there on the third, like, tweet at me. I might be there with a three-year-old. We'll see. We'll see. And if I don't see you there, see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.